Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Wow. Welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson himself. Pete, how the devil are you doing? What are you munching on so I'm loudly, eat, for God's I'm sake? I'm cro- I didn't mean... You started the show, and then you sneezed or, or needed to blow your nose. And now I thought, well, I've got time to have a <laughs> bit of crumpet. I've got time to have a bit of crumpet, but I haven't got time... <laughs> Uh, to have a bit of crumpet. How are you doing, Chris? You all right? Can you speak for a bit while I chop my crumpet? Oh, for God's sake. Well, I can tell you that as of today, I think it's today, nobody nobody knows these things, I think it's the five-year anniversary of the Born Japan podcast, is it not? What, what? It might started. be. Yeah, it might be, yeah. I, I, I forget which month we um, begun. We're so rubbish, we don't even know mm. when our anniversary is. He's just sitting there guzzling Eating his crumpet. crumpets, yeah. That no. sounds like the most ridiculous sentence. No, we're going <laughs> um, we're gonna, to we're gonna do a proper celebration later in the year, uh, hopefully, uh, depending on a few things. But yeah, it, it, this was the year that we first started, sorry, five years ago, uh, was that was that was the uh, to this week uh, time? Yeah, to, is it to this week? Yeah, this it was week. The f- oh my I remember word. the first one. The first ones we did was in February because it was Valentine's Day. But I think mm. we did one the week before that. I'm yeah, getting very clinical now. But what a, I think it is this week though, and I just can't believe five years have gone and we're still going. So just thank <laughs> first off, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Yeah. I, the podcast. It's more like a cult at this point because <laughs> nobody knows it exists except for the. 140,000 people that tune in every week, but we're all in our special little group, <laughs> the Royal Japan <laughs> podcast. Yeah. It's it's one of those things, because we don't put it on YouTube, nobody knows it exists. I and, like it. Uh, it's a little, little, little secret treat. It's Chris and Pete's secret treat. And uh, yeah, it's, it's, <laughs> it's good, isn't it? And I wonder if there's anybody who like, listened on the first week, like didn't just catch up later on, listened on the first week that it came out and has been listening to every week's show ever since. I would find that fascinating if anybody was doing that. But uh, yeah. I wonder if it's like the ship of Theseus and we've got no original listeners. Yes, in, there's like so, so much kind of churn on our listenership. Triggers yeah. broom. But yeah, I think, I think like, changing. I think compared to like YouTube, it is a little bit more intimate and you can do other things while you're listening. Do you ever sort of like watch YouTube and, and listen to what's going on uh, and not look at the visuals? I, I do sometimes, but it's quite hard, I think, to follow mm. what's going on. Um, yeah, I know a lot of people do that with Trash Taste because obviously Trash Taste, they shoot it and... Um, Yes. Then a lot of people just sort of put it on the background to listen because it's two hours long. Yeah. And in the times that I've watched it or listened, yeah, I usually put it on the background. Mm. Um, 
you know, sometimes I regret not putting it on YouTube, but it's one of those things where I don't... It might change the podcast fundamentally for the worse because I don't know... I don't really know how we'd do it because um, mm. we'd have to put something on screen. We did toy with doing animation. We did one animation once. I didn't. It was cool like for a one-off, but it wasn't practical for a whole show forever. Yeah. Um, so, I don't know. If any of you guys have any ideas... Let us know. But above all, just thank you so much for letting us do this all these years. Like, mm. um, it, it has been a lot of fun. And I was initially kind of reluctant to do the Abroad in Japan podcast. It's coming from a world of YouTube where you can edit and censor and reshoot and go again to suddenly be in front of a microphone talking about things. It's very yeah. daunting, very scary thing. It's not even, even today. But you know, it's not even kind of like, scary. Um, I mean, we should be able to stop, restart, edit, but um, I'm too lazy. So uh, everything pretty yeah. much that, uh, that, that is said uh, within the half an hour that we do a show uh, ends up on the show. So there you go. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I've noticed... In many ways, I'm more outspoken or more opinionated about things I think or feel on the podcast because there's no comment section. Maybe mm. that's another good reason it's not on YouTube. I could feel like I'm a bit more blunt about things because right? <laughs> um, there's no there's no criticism or feedback no. there. And, and, yeah, of and, course and, we do and also, you, you don't get demonetized if you say anything particularly awful. Yes. yes. Now we're talking. Beautiful. Now we're talking. <laughs> but five-year anniversary... Awesome. Thank you so much, guys, for tuning in. We'll mm. see you later. No. Uh, this week, though... <laughs> Double celebration. This week, hmm. we're off to uh, Hokkaido for Journey oh. Across Japan, Deep Freeze, and brand new series with myself, Natsuki, Joey, American Pete's turning up. Mm. We're not sure what to do with him yet. Maybe he'll <laughs> carry the bag. Uh, <laughs> and um, we're going round yeah. bits of Hokkaido that nobody's ever gone to. Mm. And if we see any YouTubers do that now in the next two weeks, we'll know they listen to the Born Japan podcast. Yeah, or sneaky sneaks. They'll have been informed. I've seen <laughs> it happen before that I've announced things on this podcast and certain YouTubers go and then cover it instantaneously. Yeah. Not going to name names, but you'll see. Um, <laughs> but we are going to some amazing places. The coldest town in Japan, the most eastern point in all of Japan uh, <laughs> that's accessible because the most eastern point is an island in the Pacific that right. nobody can go to. But the bit you can go to is in Hokkaido. Um, and we're also going on a, a ship and a train and dog sleds. It's going to be fun. It's going to be back <laughs> to basics, back to our roots. I got a lot of criticism on the last journey across Japan. They looked like a glorified holiday. Maybe that's because it was an Okinawa, which is effectively the world's greatest <laughs> holiday destination. It was a bit more difficult to make that not look fun um yep. <laughs> it's one of those things so but i get it people criticized us and said it looked like we we're having too much fun or we're in really nice onsen hot springs whatever i don't know hmm. so they this time around they want to see you in pain they did oh, i did get fucking hurt i burst my eardrum there was more pain <laughs> on that series than anything i've ever done but everyone was like oh it like you had too much fun no yeah. i didn't my ear was like exploded and then i nearly died on like a turbulent flight on the way home it was rubbish um <laughs> But uh, so, yeah, this time back to basics, back to snow, back to ice, back to pain. It's going to be formidably cold. This mm. year's a very snowy, a very wintry, uh, unpleasant year. And um, yeah, I'm kind of like a bit worried about that. Um, uh, but, you know, it, uh, if we were smart, we would have gone to the Sapporo Snow Festival again mm. and redone that. But we're not smart. We want to do something different. And what I will say is if you look at... Um, my all of my videos are in Japan or any other YouTuber. For the most part, nobody ever goes to East Hokkaido. Nobody goes down that side of the country, right? 
or that yeah. side of the prefecture. Mm. I've only ever gone down the west side, down to places like Sapporo or Hakodate or um, Lake Toya. And it's. Be- I think on the one hand, people just don't know what's there on the east side of Hokkaido. Tourism never really took off there in the same way it did in the west side. Um, but also, yeah, it's just very cold and often inaccessible. So I think that's going to be a lot of fun seeing that play out on camera. We are going to live stream certain days for the first time. The first... Okay live streamed journey across Japan so I think it should be really good I'm looking forward to sinking my teeth into something uh, a big project not some food uh, I'm looking forward to getting stuck in so it should be a lot of fun check it out uh, at the time of this podcast going out if all goes to plan we should be was it Wednesday Thursday we should be somewhere near the most eastern point in Japan oh fingers crossed or dead Dead in a ditch <laughs> in the cold. <laughs> look after yourself. Your guess is good as mine. You you were you you were worried about ringing the the ambulance because you'd eaten too much sushi yesterday or last week or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> Don't judge me. Well, actually, our news story this week is about sushi, um, ah. and it it's come out at a very interesting time because this very day, Thursday as I call it, uh, we got a video coming out at the very sushi chain restaurant that uh, is affected. We'll get to that very shortly in the news but first things first our story of the week is from matt from vermont and it begins hello chris and pete hello my boyfriend and i were just in japan uh, this past december for nearly three weeks we had an amazing time and i already want to go back we'd started our trip in tokyo for a few days then made it to kyoto for the next bit of our journey and we love walking all over the city and popping into the shops grabbing food here and there as we went as a result of this <laughs> we kept forgetting to make reservations for dinner and were struggling to find somewhere to eat for the nights that we were there the second night we went it was getting late in the evening and we were desperate to find a place to eat when we happened upon a sushi restaurant now personally I'm not very fond of sushi but my boyfriend was eager to try it out and this ended up being a very big mistake oh, no. now only six seats in the restaurant all facing the chef as he prepared the meal. <laughs> I now understand that this is a common restaurant type, but for me, it felt like I was being watched and inspected as I ate. There was no conversation happening, just the chef describing the roles that he was crafting. About 20 minutes into the meal, I realised that something I'd eaten wasn't agreeing with me. My face, oh God, my face was feeling puffy and tingly and I felt like I was heating up. I tried to tough it out to make it a good experience for my boyfriend and after another hour of the meal, we left. We only realised at the end that the restaurant was a tailored experience and we ended up paying several hundred dollars for the meal that made me sick. Luckily, the symptoms didn't get worse for me, so I took allergy medicine and went to bed. But it taught us a lesson for the rest of the trip to carefully check the prices of meals before you sit down. (laughs) In spite of this, the rest of our trip to Kyoto was amazing. Thanks so much, guys. All the best. Matt from Vermont, who must have had some shellfish or something like that. Yeah, I wonder what what, uh, actually triggered it. It's probably worth finding out what it was so that you don't eat it again. Yeah. <laughs> That's a bit worrying, Matt. Yeah, um, yeah be careful. It, it could, it's most likely to be shellfish, I'd say, out yeah. of anything. Um, good on you, Matt, for, uh, be for, for, with sushi. for making, making your uh, your boyfriend, your partner, uh, have a nice time at, at yeah. some massive risk to your own health. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sushi's great and all. I, I, I don't really like going into those places either just mm. because I don't like the pressure of sitting there in an upmarket sushi restaurant, having the chef sort of survey me um, 
and watch my face as I devour various fish. And, you know, inevitably there's often one you don't like that's kind of bitter and you're like, oh, mm, d- d- oishi, delicious. Yeah. And the chef's like, yeah, good, better fucking be. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, if you, if you are a little bit reluctant or a little bit hesitant to try sushi in that environment, just don't do it. It's yeah. Just don't do it. The worst time I did it, I was very hungover. I did an all-night karaoke drinking session until 5 a.m. And then I went to uh, Skiji Fish Market with my good friend Dan. And for some stupid reason, we queued up and went to a sushi restaurant at like 6 a.m. And I felt very queasy before I went into the sushi place. And then the plate was put before me with like a crab that had been chopped to pieces and Mm. salmon eggs and raw everything. And every mouthful, I was just trying not to be physically sick. You just got to be <laughs> really careful. Don't do it. Just, just be careful there. But at least you got to try it once. So you got to do it. You got to do it. Yeah. And Kyoto is very famous for tempura of all things. So if and when you go to Kyoto, Pete, tempura. Get yourself a, a mouthful of the stuff. Do just, just a mouth, just really one mouthful. I, I mean, I, there's not a single thing that I wouldn't eat that was tempurad. <laughs> like you could tempura, you know, my dad's hair, and I'd eat it. <laughs> Oh, for God's sake. It is good, though. But our subject for this week's news story is sushi. Uh, oh. Begin. Begin, Mr. Donaldson. What's going begin. on in Japan? Sushi. Why is it the end of conveyor belt sushi for, for forever? Well, I sort of saw this story um, in the round, in the week, and uh, I was like, why has this never happened before? <laughs> why, have, why is this suddenly like a massive public outcry? Is is are mm. the Japanese so well behaved that we've never seen this before? Anyway, um, I mean, somebody mm, has uh, at the end of January a video went viral of a teen, a teen licking various items in his booth on a Japanese uh, conveyor belt conveyor belt sushi store. Conveyor so bolt. basically, he was licking. Uh, a bottle of soy sauce, uh, and then he he, he he licked a self-service drinking cup, uh, and then returned them for use by the next customer uh, at a branch of a conveyor belt sushi chain, Sushi Sushiro in uh, Gifu Prefecture. Um, it was called by uh, a lot of people on the internet uh, in Japan as uh, Daiki Terror. Um, saliva terrorism <laughs> which I think is wonderful um, the terrorist responsible has since turned himself at the authorities uh, and apologised to the company but uh, the, the company that owns the restaurant uh, chain actually saw a 5% dip in stock price right after the video came out. All it takes is someone to lick a bottle of uh, soy sauce in a conveyor belt sushi store, repair, return it for use uh, for other people, and film it, and you've lost 5% of your entire uh, stock price, stock value. I mean, that's just incredible, Jesus. isn't it? And it just shows how stupid businesses <laughs> you know what i mean if you could if you could like lose half of, half the value of your company with an errant tweet or somebody fill, being a dickhead in one of your stores you can lose five percent of your um of, of your stock price it's incredible really but it's uh everyone's very very mm. um everyone's very upset about it uh kura sushi uh, another conveyor belt sushi chain announced that they're installing microchips on the cases that hold the places uh, the plates of sushi 
Um, in addition to monitoring how long they've been sitting on the belt, they'll be able to detect if the case has been tampered with, so no customers can enjoy uh, can avoid sushi. Uh, so customers rather can avoid sushi that may have been huh. a compromise. So loads of people are kind of like, I mean, COVID nineteen obviously hit uh, the, the the sushi conveyor belt system uh, really hard anyway. So there's not as mm. many as there used to be. It's kind of out of vogue because uh, you know Hammer Sushi uh, back in uh, 2020 cancelled it, uh, and now the I've been. I've never been to a conveyor belt sushi place in, in Japan. I've been to one of those places where you get a little iPad and you type what you want, and then a little train comes along with the with it and yeah. then fucks off. Um, and they're really cool. And and I do understand that that's probably a. It's probably a, a, I mean, it's not quite as quick as a conveyor belt sushi because the food's already there. But I do like the idea of kind of like having your own kind of thing built built to order, so to speak, as an experience. But maybe if you're on the go and you want some really quick sushi, uh, expensive quick sushi, maybe conveyor belts should should stay. Either way, uh, a, a little boy licked a, so, a soy sauce uh, bottle, uh, and now everyone's losing their fucking minds. <laughs> Saliva terrorists. It's not yeah. exactly Al Qaeda, is it? Yeah. I, <laughs> what a weird situation. But the, yeah, really I, weird. the video I've got coming out today is actually about sushi door. They uh, we worked with them and made a video where mm. Ryota and I ate every sushi in their store, which was right. anything but fun. Uh, given <laughs> you don't want to eat that much sushi, but I mean, I, I as somebody I, when I go to these conveyor belt sushi places I don't like pulling it off of the conveyor belt right because no. you're sort of aware that it has gone round and round often for minutes I don't I don't know how long it's off on there probably it could be 30 to 40 minutes before they maybe take it off mm. and it just seems like a bad thing a bad idea like <laughs> it's it, a bad I'd thing. rather have something that's fresh there, like done there and then mm. and what happens at most most conveyor belt sushi places you do order all your stuff on a screen and then it's whipped over to you using the conveyor belt. It comes mm. over to you in an express way. And that is just as good. I think that's better. Like that's that's the way forward. Like yeah. if, if you ever go to a sushi place and it's there's sushi going round and round in circles, I would recommend to avoid it because it won't be fresh. Could have been there for up to an hour getting all dry and horrible. Get it fresh, hit you know the screen get it express sent over to you mm. and you can get all the thrills of the conveyor belt but without the stale old crappy fish going round <laughs> it's freshly cut before you um but yeah i i feel like the microchips is a cool idea but it seems like the money they're going to spend doing that vastly outweighs the reward of having sushi just go round and round i think mm. that they're, they're all just better off just getting rid of that policy and focusing on just express delivery, right? Using the conveyor belt to deliver your order rather than just having it go round and round. What do you I reckon? do like it, and and, and it's and it says, and, and I, I thought the Japanese were all about uh, not about uh, food waste. Um, surely, mm-hmm. surely you're wasting quite a lot if you've only got stuff that's not going to get sold. I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, you'd think so. You'd think so. I mean, I've certainly noticed when I was there, there's there's like like less popular fish. Mm going round and round for hours on end that nobody picks off it does just feel like a waste so yeah. and all yeah, the good stuff is good. Capri- all the good stuff is uh, all, the, all the primo stuff you've got all the special anyway so mm. rubbish rubbish absolutely but do check yeah. out the uh, the uh, the video from uh, Sushiro on a in Japan it uh, it's uh, yeah, it's a good one Mm. Although we did, we because they're such a big company, they did have a lot of stuff we had to spruce up. We sent it to them, and they were like, "Make this 
picture of the sushi look better. Yeah. Do this, do that. Um, but I think it's a good video, and I think we did their wonderful food justice. So do check it out mm. on Abroad in Japan. We'll be back in just a moment, guys. We have stories, comments, and questions in the fax machine. See you then. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back with the fax machine. What have we got from our week? What have we got from our week? What have we got from our listeners this week, Mr. Our week listeners. Um, Hello, Crooked Chris and Pilfering Pete. Uh, This is from Sam from Leicester. Lovely part of the world. Um, It wasn't until we'd after we'd it wasn't until uh, after we'd booked our flights that I realised that we are landing in Tokyo on April 29th, the start of Golden Week. Oh no! A quick Google tells me Uh I should expect things to be more expensive and tourist traps to be particularly busy as the locals take time off. Should we have changed our flights and come later in the year? Is it really? 
that bad? I It can't be, can it? Uh, where would you recommend going during Golden Week to make the best of it? Thanks, Sam in Leicester. I would get under a duvet cover and stay there <laughs> for a week. Honestly, I... No, no, God, no, God, no. I Actually, a good friend of mine who was supposed to come over before COVID, he... Um, he uh, recently rebooked his holiday, didn't mm. tell me the dates, and he was like, he'd booked, he was going to book it for Golden Week, and I made him change his dates because right. it is unspeakably shit. Um, <laughs> it's really not good. Like, if you haven't already rebooked it, Sam, do it, do it now. Mm. I'll sit here and watch you do it on Skyscanner or whatever the hell you use. <laughs> Just change it because basically, uh, most of the country's on holiday. Mm. People are travelling back home to their hometowns, thus public transport is incredibly busy. Bullet trains booked out for days on end. Mm. Things are a lot more expensive. Hotels are a lot more full. Restaurants are often heaving. Yeah. Like, it's not a fun time to be in Japan. Mm. But if you're and already the in, one in, sort of, if you're already there, yeah, how do you kind of esca- how do you escape the, the 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 throng? How do you sort of escape spending mm. a load of money on nothing? Do you have to sort of find? You got to get creative about where where you're going, where you find yourself. Well, I just wouldn't. <laughs> so, <laughs> just in my case, I literally yeah. just sit at my desk for like five days <laughs> with work. a bag of peanuts and just do nothing. <laughs> don't go out. I don't look outside. I stay. I lock the door. I lock it. And I <laughs> bombard it and I seal it up. Right. Um, now, if you are there, though, good luck. I think yeah. Tokyo, ironically, I think Tokyo is actually uh, like not as busy. Because okay, people everyone leave leaves. Tokyo, yeah, yeah they, they they go back to their hometowns. So mm. Tokyo might actually be slightly better in some respects, mm. um, but honestly, it's just not worth the added stress. You want to come to Japan when you can enjoy things in every way and not mm. have to compromise, right? So I'd say if you can rebook, do it, do it right. now. We've still got a few months to do it. Uh, we've yes. got a story here from Andrew. A question says, "Greetings." Piss and Crete. We've had that one before, Andrew. <laughs> we have, yeah. We th- you think you're clever. Yeah. I'll show you. My name's yeah. Andrew. I'm from a small town in Texas called Abilene. Uh, I started yeah. thinking about how massive games or shows like Super Smash Brothers, Mario, Final Fantasy, uh, Kingdom Hearts have made it big in Europe and the US. Is there any equivalent of a Western product that has made it so big and is so loved in Japan that may influence some Japanese youth to experience the same as so many of us. I've heard of Skyrim and Harry Potter and Minecraft that made it big. Thanks for the content and all the effort you put in. All the best, Andrew. I mean, this is Pete Donaldson's forte. I do think Last of Us was quite (laughs) popular here. Oh, was it? uh, Yeah, Pete, you're you're smart. You know video games. Mm. Did did Monkey Island take off in Japan? <laughs> no, I don't think it what did. did take I off? don't. I don't know what takes off out there. It's probably the big hit, isn't it? Your God of Wars and your Last of Us. Has you got to have a really yeah, big market it, yeah. spend, spend any money uh, out in Japan? I don't think there's many indie experiences that uh, that make their way to Japan, especially where like you know the indie games like you know your Hollow Knights and your um, Inside mm. and stuff. They they're all based on you know the common platformer, which is obviously. Um, was it invented in the in, in in Japan? Either way, it was kind of uh, with Super Mario and stuff. It was perfected in Japan, so maybe there's not that much of a maybe there's a kind of like national uh, a national pride to sort of not get involved with this stuff. But but again, like I, I think sometimes with Western video games, people and companies are reluctant to uh, spend any money on marketing out there because it's it's just completely difficult, different and difficult to do unless you're a big Sony or a big Microsoft. Uh, what's the point? Oh yeah yeah yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd like to look into that, actually. I'll, I'll check it out, Andrew, and have a look. But yeah, mm. Pete's hit the nail on the head. It I, has to I be a think GTA made it big, Yeah, I mean, I mean it's, mm. it's, like, it's like Andrew says, you've got to be a big, you've got to be a big hitter anyway, like Terraria and uh, Minecraft and stuff. I will say, mm. though, um, I have been at Abilene, and uh, it's very nice. If... Oh. A little quiet and leafy, and uh, <laughs> I uh, was that was the Abilene was the place where I stayed in an Airbnb and we found um, uh, weapon not weaponry um, uh, ammunition in the wall and uh, in a child's oh bedroom. It was like an Airbnb, and it, I think it used to be a, like a family house. Uh, and uh, this block was just asleep in on a chair in the back room, uh, which startled me and him, uh, who was the brother of the person who owned the Airbnb, and uh, in a child. Child's bedroom. Uh, there was a picture of the explosion at um, uh, what's, what's the uh, what was the big um, uh, mushroom cloud that they tested out uh, in in the middle of nowhere. Uh, the, the 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 Americans. Um, Bikini uh, Atoll. Bikini Atoll. Oh, Bikini Atoll in the Pacific. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then and then next to it was um, a poster of um, Cheryl Cole from Girls Aloud. What the fuck? In the middle of That's Texas, so random. in the middle of a, a, a little quiet town in Texas, someone's really obsessed with Cheryl Cole. That's exactly <laughs> where Cheryl Cole would want to be. <laughs> <laughs> On that poster next to that. Uh, we've got one last uh, question from Celia from Canada. He says, hello, Chris and Pete. I have a question concerning censorship with video making in Japan. In some of the videos I've seen done by yourself, Chris, and also by Connor, sometimes faces are blurred out and sometimes not. Mm. Does this mean you ask all the people in the shot if they're comfortable with being in the video? Um, I imagine it'd be a lot of work to blur faces. Or do people approach you and ask uh, to be blurred out? I've noticed it doesn't matter if the person has a mask on or not. Uh, thanks for your time. Celia from Canada. Um, mm. if, yeah, if COVID's done one good thing, it's mean less blurring out because people have face masks on. Um, you know, yeah, in Japan, they're quite stringent on showing people um, in public because, I th I, well, it, a few years ago, somebody got caught cheating on their wife right. on national TV. This is the story that I heard anyway. Um, on Japanese TV, he got spotted like holding hands with a girl. It wasn't his wife, and he got buggered by that, but he took it out on the TV program, sued mm. them, and ever since then, I think uh, they've, they've sort of blurred people out. Um, so, yeah, it's part privacy part massive infidelity issues right. and part annoying it's yeah it really does suck actually sometimes but i get it you know i don't like being necessarily on camera either without being aware of it so not make money out of it but uh, <laughs> yeah well if you sometimes i remember if you do do it if you do show people in public um you, you do get comments from japanese viewers like yeah. what the fuck are you doing what is this you know yeah uh so but it's just it's often impractical to blur out like you know, a shot it should be a crossing oh it's just one yeah. million people to blur out give me five minutes <laughs> and you've got it takes a lot of effort to blur someone out it must I nowadays there must out. be some kind of ai surely there's just kind of ai tech that does this pretty quickly these days yeah. it's still a pain in the bum though there's something i think youtube itself has a tool now where you can click on a face right and hit oh, a button and it, and finds it, and it, it does that oh nice that's cool yeah, I, I don't know if it. I don't know if it does everything or everyone, but it it, it works, right? Because right. I've had an issue where I did post a video and I was told to do it, and um, it, it mm. got around the problem right away. Right. Um, but yeah, it's a funny old thing. Mm. But for the most part, I did. Like, I blurred some faces, for example, in the sushi door video. Um, people having lunch or dinner in the background, where you could barely see them. I I had to blur them. Sushi door asked me to do it. Right. And I. 
obliged but uh yeah for the most part if you're doing a youtube video a humble youtube video mm. i wouldn't worry too much unless you're showing like a couple zoomed in um, <laughs> also when we were oh and, and when we were on um journey across japan last year you might recall we did this uh parasailing thing right mm. and on the boat there was another couple there there was a couple there um along with us and um, they were really friendly and nice and they saw we were filming and mm. they were fine with it and then they asked, like, oh, what's this for? And we were like, yeah. oh, YouTube. And they were like, oh, my God. And they panicked because they were clearly having some sort of secret <laughs> affair on holiday in Okinawa. Good and they Lord. very much insisted oh, that no. we, we blurred it out, um, which I did. Which should have been like, yeah, sure, 100 grand. I'll play. Yeah, I'll play. Um, yeah, it was really interesting. But uh, we blurred them and all was well. Wow. So there you go, Celia give in to their demands uh, for, that's all for now though guys uh, as I said five years on a in Japan thank you so much for uh, for joining us on this crazy journey that has been the in Japan podcast we'll be back later in the week to do all over again for now though keep an eye out for live streams on the uh, the all important all exciting journey across Japan mm. uh, and uh, we'll see you in the next few days to do it all over again right back here on the in Japan podcast but for now have a great few days bye for now Goodbye, everyone. Ta-ta. Abroad in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. 